Welcome back to the Tom Bernard Show with Catherine Brandt. Tevin Pittman. Andy Brandt-Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. We will be right back with our next guest, Kim brown Seely, who is promoting her book, Unchartered, a couple's epic empty nest adventure sailing from one life to another right after these messages. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda encountered a hailstorm. Adjusters flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Speaking of sailing, <laughs> we have Kim Brown Seeley here. I have to make a correction. I said uncharted, which I've always done instead of uncharted. Yeah. Kim's book. Kim, are you here? With I'm us? still here. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you this morning? I'm very, very well. Thank you. I was just reading your um, blurb on your book about a couple facing the dreaded empty nest. I never went through that. When my kids, you, could, you were counting the days? <laughs> I, I wasn't counting the days, but I was, it, I, well, first of all, our kids just went to school across the river, like uh, about 40 minutes away. So mm-hmm. they didn't like leave the state. So it wasn't going to be difficult to see them. And uh, I was ready. <laughs> I was ready for it's that. So, yeah, it's so interesting, actually, talking to, meeting different people in different parts of the country and talking about this stage of life and I, I think that I that my husband and I were ultimately very ready too. It was just that it definitely felt like like a transition oh, and a big transition and, and so the sort of looming 
life change and 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 it was huge for us and i found that there wasn't it was it was definitely it was harder than i thought it would be and my mother had told me that it had been, been a really hard time for her mm. so i had that in my mind and and i and that's really what what made me interested in writing about it because i found there wasn't really that much literature well, it's interesting because I, I I know a lot of people that went to bed for like six weeks after their kids went off to college. <laughs> My I'm husband so cried exhausted. and carried on. He's still carrying on about the kids being gone, and mm-hmm. it's been 12 years. But um, for me? <laughs> I know. I hear you. It's been, it's actually been a very, it's been a, it's been very fun for my husband and myself as well. But, but I do think it's a time to sort of think about and be intentional Sure. about and think you know sort of think about you suddenly you might you have this you may find that you have this you know window of time opening right and and a new sort of freedom and and a time to be intentional about um because i think that that window is sometimes often not as long as we think it's going to be if you're dealing with aging parents and you know all sorts of life things that life throws at us yeah, so the sandwich years as they call them so mm-hmm. this is a fictional book or no, it's actually, it's a memoir, so it's uh-huh. nonfiction. Um, and actually, I think this genre is increasingly called creative nonfiction okay. because it uses fictional techniques. And um, my, my, my book, is uh, Uncharted, is about a sailing adventure that my husband and I took um, as our youngest child was leaving home. And it, it was a huge adventure. I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that, <laughs> that people t- try and do something like this, but it, it made sense for us. We, we bought an old sailboat and learned how to sail, and, and I, I'd actually never sailed before. Oh, I was going to ask My husband had sailed a lot before he and I ever met. And, oh, well, that's good. At um, least you had somebody with some experience on that boat. Right, so he was experienced, but <laughs> okay. it was a lot to learn to do together. I just sure. sort of love, I love the idea of it, and I think we're both romantics at heart. And, they're, and you know, like you being in Minneapolis, being, you know, you're, I guess, you're very close to you know the Great Lakes there, and mm-hmm. which I know is incredible sailing yes. territory. Yeah, it is. And for us here in the Pacific Northwest, there are so many areas of the coast north of us that really are only best explored by water. And I was just so curious to experience some of those places together. Well, it's nice too that you weren't um, going through large expanses of empty sea, right? You could kind of see land most of the time, or you were fairly yes. close. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So here, it's exactly so. It's a, it's actually a, it's a tremendous wilderness, and if you go far far enough north, you are in places that feel so truly wild, and you can go for a day without seeing even another boat. And you have to be very provisioned um, with, you know, with everything, all your food and coffee, and you know, sort of everything you need with you, um, and spare parts for the boat. But you're never that far from land. You're you're you know sort of cruising. It's a just a very complex waterway with um, you know, long these beautiful channels among fjords and islands to explore. But they're mostly uninhabited, um, except for extraordinary wildlife. Obviously, isn't it mostly bugs? <laughs> did, you, little, did you say bugs? Yeah, on those little islands. <laughs> Did you say bugs as an insect? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I can't. You're, you're. I couldn't quite hear you. No. You know, actually, that is one of the unbelievable things about that part of the world. There, there actually are almost no 
No, I, sh- I don't, almost don't want to say it because I don't want it to be too spoiled and crowded. There are almost no bugs. Really? No insects in the Northwest. No, so summer, you don't need screens. I mean, it's really, truly unbelievable. And when you get that far north, I think because it's cold, they mm. just, it's too cold for them. And so, no, bugs are not a factor. We don't even ever have any bug spray or anything like that. The thing that makes it hard, though, is that the water is cold. Yes. So it is not, you know, this is not you know, swimming water. And when you're cruising or sailing, you know, especially in an open cockpit sail, sailboat like we were, you know, a lot of days you're essentially wearing ski clothes or the equivalent of that. It's you're wearing layers. It, this is not blue water cruising in the Caribbean by any stretch. <laughs> and how long were you on this journey? We were for about two months that summer. And the, and the book talks about, uh, we started with our sons and learned how to sail all four of us together. And as it's been, as I said, they left and went to school and it was the two of us. And we sailed for about 700 nautical miles north wow. and then had to turn around and 700 nautical, nautical miles back. And, and our goal was to get to their two islands on the remote far northern coast of British Columbia where the rarest bear in the world lives. It's called a, a spirit bear or a Kermode bear. It's a beautiful bear. It's actually a black bear, but that's born with a, a double recessive gene that gives it a white coat. And they're very, very hard to see. But the First Nations people that live there um, have you know, known of them for centuries. And and you know if you, you can find a guide and, and go you know, spend time in the forest and go see one. And that was our goal, to get far enough north to actually be able to, to see one of these bears. And and it was pretty, it was, well, you have to read the book. I won't tell you if we saw it or not, but it was a magical experience. I can imagine. Um, we were, I've been up in Canada and been happily able to see some bears in the wild. And it from a distance, it's a real thrill. <laughs> I can't imagine. Exactly. I came, up, I came up to one close by, and, I, and we do a lot of hiking up there. And it's like they've got all these signs saying, "If you see a bear, do this, that, and the other thing." And I'm like, "If I see a bear, first I'm going to probably throw up from fright, <laughs> <laughs> and the bear will be going, oh, I don't want to be near her, mm-hmm. and I'll run away." <laughs> I know. I think they're probably even more afraid of us than we are of them. I and the other thing so. that I realized is is, you know, they're so, this time of the year in, in the fall, when we were there, they're so mainly just interested in their salmon, right? They're, right? they're power feeding. Yeah, they're trying to bulk up. So it was it was fine, but it is still just so thrilling to see such a, a wild animal right there, a few feet away, really. And, <sighs> and um, you know, so it was, and also because, because it had taken us so many weeks to get there, and, and it was not an easy trip. Um, the two of us, and so I think that was part of it. Always right, just the journey, the journey to you know whatever your destination is 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 almost a bigger thing than the, than the end itself. So how are you kind of intertwining in the book your empty nest syndrome and the journey? Was it about um, just not having to think about them being gone and having? I'm sorry, it's a little hard to hear you. Did you say how how was I finding the what of the empty nest? Um, how how did you intertwine the the thought of being an empty nester into the sailing adventure? Was it you were thinking that it just would be out of sight, out of mind, or just this is just a time to just take this adventure because we ha- wouldn't have been able to do this before? Exactly. So so the book um, 
spiral sort of back and forth between the sailing journey and then and then the journey the emotional journey okay. of of the empty nest um you know whether it's what a you know really what a, a couple goes through and, and in the end it my book is really it, it's it ended up being i started writing about empty nesting and in the end i realized my book is really about midlife marriage okay and and the, the, you know, the emotional journey of that and i think oftentimes you don't really know what you're writing about until you get to the end of your book and then it's like huh this is this, this is writing this about this and that's rights. been the part of the story that's really resonating with people and you know and i think the empty nest empty nest is it's a it's a launching pad mm-hmm. and oftentimes you don't know what that will bring until you until you live it i, I know it's a time that a lot of couples i mean there's certainly a, a an ongoing trend of gray divorce where People realize they've been together for these years. They raise their kids, and then you know they the kids leave, and they look at each other and realize, you know, good Lord, we don't have that much in common anymore. And that's a thing. Oh, and, absolutely! I remember mm-hmm. just n- not having the kids to worry about. You kind of all of a sudden just have time to think about just being you. Right. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. What do I want to do with my life now? Exactly. Yeah. It right. Is, yeah. And so it's. Yeah, so there's that, and I to talk about that in the book, and this, you know, this sort of realization that there you are, and and uh, and I just wanted to, to, you know, I think a lot of those conversations are are just fascinating, and it's not something that that you really have time to think about when you're in the midst of raising raising kids and the you know just the busyness of life today, um, and sort of just the, the school calendar and and all of that, and and so there is that, and also increasingly. I don't know my husband and I felt that this was it was just a chance um, to to grab a bit of freedom. Really, uh, my book is set. It was the tail end of the re- of the recession. Both of our jobs were terrible. We yeah. were just we were quite frankly sort of fried. And thought, you know, looked at each other and said, "Let's just finally, for the first time ever in our lives, take some time. You know, just take just step just for a bit and slow down and." Um, this part where we were sailing, there was no connectivity, and so there was no, you know, there, it was very, oh. it was very healthy to be unplugged for a few weeks, and especially with everything going on our, in our country right now, you know, I think if you allow yourself that, you realize you come back and it's all still here, and and you know, we all can still keep dealing with what we need to deal with, but um, oh. I think it's healthy to take a break in your marriage. Absolutely. I, I mean, I've just been off Facebook kind of for like the last three weeks or maybe maybe a month. And every mm. once in a while, I get like a little bit panicky, like nobody knows what's going on in my <laughs> life right now. And, I, and I'm thinking, does anybody really care what's going on oh, yeah. in my life right now? I'm not really sure. Oh, I didn't say happy birthday to Andy on my <laughs> Facebook page. Well, I said it to him personally. So I think that's is okay. But everybody's going to think you're a jerk because you didn't publicly <laughs> post it on Facebook. It's not Facebook official that it's his birthday and you acknowledged it, Catherine. I know. <laughs> That's why I kind of made a Facebook announcement. It's like I didn't put it on my telephone, so I have to intentionally sit down at my computer to either tweet or do Facebook. Oh. And I'm like, I'm hardly ever just on my computer anymore unless I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. So it does feel really weird to not have that connection anymore, but I'm I'm finding I've got a lot 
I have I don't fall down those weird scroll holes. I don't spend so much mm-hmm. time on my stupid telephone worrying about, you know, what everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. So I can Good imagine for you. I can't no, even imagine I, I being, get it and I yeah. I think that's so healthy and in fact one of the chapters in the book what you know details we had just dropped our youngest son off at school and and landed back on the boat, and that was the first time I realized that where we were headed, there actually was no cell service. Wow. We, we didn't realize that. And you realize how tethered to our, to our phones we are and, and how much time they do take. And, and in the end, our time. son was fine. He didn't need us calling him and checking in on him, and it was probably the best thing that could have happened for him. But, but it was almost sort of this feeling of a physical addiction that, you know, I, realized, I was horrified that I, that I would not have my, my cell phone for two weeks. Well, yeah, because, you know, also just for an an emergency, I mean, you've got that ship to shore radio thing, and I'm sure you can contact the Coast Guard, but it doesn't, does that, that feels like an archaic way of communication. And it's like, is this going to work? I would, exactly. I would think that I would be, yeah, it would be a little terrifying to be it was out there. It was, and in, and in the end, and now we actually have a sat- satellite phone on our boat, but we didn't then. Okay. And you know, and, and but 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 I love your point about Facebook because you're right when you think about just how how much time that that does take for all of us, right? And you know, and and uh, and even for the birth person whose birthday it is, it's sort of stressful, isn't it, when you have to spend all day on your phone replying to the birthday wishes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the people that just do a blanket. Thank yep. you for mm-hmm. to everybody who said happy mm-hmm. birthday instead of liking every single one. Yeah, you know, it's like, and then and then they trickle in for the whole like two yep. weeks after after your birthday. It's like, oh, did I say thank you to all those people? It's just yeah, it's 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 a silly way to do things, but it's become part of everyday life. It has, yeah. Well, we've been talking to Kim Brown Seeley. Uh, her book is available on Amazon, Uncharted, a couple's epic empty nest adventure sailing from one life to another. I can guarantee you I would never get along with my husband on a boat. He wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't take orders. What's, what's the murder Hoist accidental that sail. Lift that jib. No, yeah, he would not do it. You would have to like get a GoPro cam and Facebook Live yeah. that whole entire oh, journey. He would be, can we sail to that island and hire a crew? That's what he would do. Believe me, we had our issues, which is what makes it such a good, such a page. Turner. It was not, not easy. I didn't think it is for, for any couple. And I would also just like to add, it's it's available on Amazon and at all independent bookstores as well. Oh, nice. Have, indie you. bookstores have been, have been fantastic supporting wonderful. the book, and I feel very indebted to them. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, definitely shop local if you can. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was great talking to you, Kim. Thanks. Thank you so much, Kathy. Okay, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. All right. We have to take a break again. All right. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. So you're splitting the tab at lunch, you're pitching in on a gift for a coworker. Maybe you got to pay that football pool entry fee and you need to settle up now. What do you do if you don't have cash on hand? You could use one of those third-party transferring services that comes with fees and takes days. But how secure are they? Why not send money quickly and safely? with the click of a button, without the hassle of a middleman. What's the answer, Michael? The XCheck app, brought to you by your local community bank. It's safe, secure, and simple to use. The XCheck app, simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount, and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, 
The contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email. XCheck, safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. If you're one of those folks out there still putting up with contact lenses or dealing with glasses, think just for a moment. What would it be like to wake up to a clear morning and experience your day with all the freedom LASIK brings? Well, I'm living proof. That dream can come true. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With the new year right around the corner, it's time to set your sights on 2020 vision. Get $500 off LASIK through the end of the year at Whiting Clinic. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contacts, then it's time for you to find out if you're a candidate for LASIK. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com for your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Imagine 2020, buy 2020, and let 2020 be your best year yet with $500 off LASIK at Whiting Clinic. Offer expires December 31st, 2019. Both eyes only cannot be combined. Results may vary. Uh, there we are. We're back with the Tom Bernard Show. We are just hanging out without Tom Bernard. Who knows what he's doing this time? <laughs> he told me, be prepared. I might be gone a lot. I'm like, really? How much? How much are you going to be gone? Can you give us some dates? Did you shop on Singles Day, Tevin? Did I shop on Singles Day? I didn't even know it was Singles Day. Singles Day 2019 record sales make Black Friday look like a church bazaar. Like, What? Singles Day is a shopping and the largest annual shopping spree in the world. We just go spend money so on yourself. Gonna add. They, no, more than a billion dollars was spent in over a minute, in just over a minute, an eye popping start to Monday's event. Oh, it's more a than, Chinese thing. But, oh, okay. Oh, I was gonna say I've I was never like, yeah, heard this of is... that. Alibaba is the China, China's version of Isn't that like the of prince Amazon? in the... Alibaba. It is. Alibaba and AliExpress are basically like where China offloads its low, its cheap stuff. It's a one-day festival of consumption. Yep. It's already eclipsed predictions of Thanksgiving, Black Friday, and Cyber Monday. Well, Why don't we also, have that here? There's a billion people. Because so we have I mean, Amazon. Right, they Amazon. all buy one thing in yeah, the same exactly. day. Yeah, exactly. It, it's not a good – it's like saying the biggest shopping spree in, you know, Liechtenstein isn't that big compared to America's average Sunday. Well, obviously, a, there's like – But a billion dollars worth of goods sold in, an, in one minute and eight seconds. It sold $12 billion in the first hour. Jeez. China's biggest online direct re- retailer, JD.com, reported sales of $25.6 billion by mid-afternoon. Where do I invest in this stuff? <laughs> Why am I not investing in this? It discounts yeah, on products from smartphones to craft beer to healthcare packages. But doesn't everybody just buy what? for themselves? <laughs> buy a... <laughs> What did you get on Singles Day? Healthcare. Uh, yeah, I got healthcare. <laughs> well, that's important. You got a TV. I got, I got discount I got dental healthcare. and optical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when you when you uh, are in the working force, that stuff's important. You know, like it I is. get giddy over a brand new vacuum cleaner. 
<laughs> yeah, that's you know, once like, you like once you get older and like you start realizing like you're getting way too excited about stupid stuff the, that you get anymore. It's, it's like the simple things. Oh, in the life. air fryer that I got or the crock pot. <laughs> yeah. I remember I bought a crock pot and like a crock pot cookbook and I was like, yeah, this is gonna be so much fun this, making some food in my crock pot. This is how Andy used his crock pot all the time. Oh, right? yeah. love, he loves I, a brisket. Mm-hmm. Put a brisket sure in that do. thing. It's good. I had two crock pots. Oh. Look at you. Fancy. You have four thousand people. To <laughs> yeah, I, know, I need you to gotta buy five. You got to buy a forty-pound slab of beef every time well, no, you like, cook. When I buy something for myself, and it could be the simplest thing, like a brand new body wash with a new scent. And I can't wait to go home and try it. And I feel like I've spoiled myself for the week. Really? And, you're, and the girls don't steal it and use no. it and you don't know where it is? They're and you get allowed. in to take a shower and there's no soap? Oh. That's the kind of... I have one kid one, <laughs> named Alex who would be like, where's my everything? Oh, I love that. <laughs> I know. Why? Why? If you want to borrow it, fine. Put it back. Because then I go Thank in the you. shower and then it's not there and I need it for my shower. Mm-hmm. My my big... It's very irritating. We have a lot of people in our house, right? Yeah. And one of my most irritate pet peeves that I have, because I'm busy when I get out of bed till I go to bed at night. Sure. I'm on the go. I take my showers at night. But everybody else has been home like, like it's a weekend. They've been home all day, not doing anything. But everyone wants to take a shower the same time I want to take a shower, and then I have no hot water. I'm like, what? You just can't tell them anything. <laughs> I know. I got to They can't know where the cookie drawer is, and they can't <sighs> know when you're going to shower or do anything for yourself. It's so bizarre. Like, I, even when I was that age, I, have, I can't understand kids' selfishness these, these days. I don't, these I don't days? Well, I, I think it's been a universal thing forever. Like, I, when, I remember when I was a kid, if I wanted something to eat, I had to ask for it. Even though they specifically bought it for me, like, as a snack, mm-hmm. I still had to ask for it to go in the cupboard. Hey, can I have this? See, my two kids, Andy and Alex, were so scrawny. I just let them eat. <laughs> just yeah. eat. Just eat yeah. whatever just is eat. in the cupboard. Just eat it. Because they were, they were scary skinny. They mm-hmm. were very, oh, yeah. oh, my God, their little arms. Or just remember, they, them they look carbs. like they could just break. <laughs> it's like eat, but yeah, I, I just find it so bizarre. And then when, because I have to eat gluten free, obviously we've talked about it. I have a specific cupboard for my gluten free food. They're not allowed to touch it. Yet I go in there, my food's gone. Really? They're eating the gluten-free stuff? Um, <laughs> I know. No. That's all I'd have to do is say it's gluten-free, and Tom yeah. won't go near it. I'd have the <laughs> best snack in the world, and if it was, if, if he thought it was gluten-free, he wouldn't touch it if he was starving to death. Oh, really? Well, a lot of the, I should say a lot, because obviously you can make stuff that's gluten-free that tastes He doesn't great, care. But, mm-hmm. like, the gluten-free stuff that I've had that's trying to be, like, whether it's a gluten-free, like, hamburger bun, I'm like, no, nah, I'd never volunteer. They kind of do. They're just kind of gritty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. not the greatest. They're dry. But, you know, like I go to one of the places I like to go to eat uh, that has gluten free hamburger buns is Red Robin. They actually have a decent one, Um, you know, and I I like the fact that there's that option, you know. And I love how they would be like, oh, is it an allergy or a preference? I'm like, who would prefer this? Oh, (laughs) you'd be like working in the service industry, you get people that are like, uh, whether it's gluten free or like my favorite is when they don't like something they'll say like I'm allergic to mushrooms mm-hmm. or I'm allergic to this and then it's like no like you just don't like just say you don't want it in there you don't like it but yeah the people that are gluten free that aren't gluten free that order mm-hmm. but like, I mean technically if they don't like it or are allergic to it you can't you're not going to give it to them right but so like, they're getting they'll the go same... like they'll go like oh do you have like a gluten free option you'll say well you can substitute out 
this. And they're like, ah, whatever, I'll just eat the regular gluten-free. Like, oh, well, you're not gluten-free then. You're just wanting to be cool and you think it's trendy. Well, we were just in a restaurant and I cannot eat bell peppers. Mm -hmm. It's like like a dose of food poisoning to me. I get very, very sick from it. So it's not an allergy. My throat doesn't close up. I don't get hives. But I I have a serious reaction to Mm -hmm. bell peppers. My entire female line in my family does. So when I say... Does that help help peppers? I don't think so. Right. Well, it's like, well, then I, I, I just say I don't want it. Because if I I don't think so means that she's not going to go back yeah. and ask. Or if I it's can't like, have it. a lot of times if it's like a veggie stir fry, for example, and you're allergic oh. to one like type of vegetable. But a lot of restaurants will, when they prep do their prep work in the morning, do, they'll cut up all the vegetables and put them in a bag. So when they get a stir fry, you just put it in. And so right. it's like, if you're allergic, well now we can't just pick it out. We have to go cut mm-hmm. new stuff rather than right. for cross-contamination. Right. Which, I mean, I feel, I understand that. So, I mean, if it just, I always ask, is it a great big, huge pain to do this? Because yeah. I can, I can order something else. I mean, not everything has bell peppers in it, but it it's really, it's unfortunate that people do that because then the kitchens don't want to take the time to make sure people aren't getting something that they're allergic to. Because there's a lot of stuff. I mean, people get really sick from yeah. a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I, I have a friend who's got that peanut allergy so bad, she hasn't eaten out at a restaurant in 20 years. Because mm-hmm. she kept on going to, um, she's a, an attorney, so she kept going to conferences. And she'd say, are there any peanuts? Nope. No peanuts. One bite. She's hitting herself an happy yeah. pen and calling nine one one. She's one time she barely made it to the hospital. She had taken she had four EpiPens on her. Jeez. Oh yeah. my gosh. And she barely made it to the hospital. She's yeah. like next and I guess when you have that kind of reaction, the next time my, it gets worse and worse. Yeah, each yeah. time you have a reaction. Every time. Mm-hmm. So she's like, so the next time, I'm, gone. I'm gonna be dead. Yeah. I yeah. won't make it to the hospital most likely. So yeah, she just doesn't, be... I meet her for coffee and stuff. She's like, I'm like, can I get you uh, something, like muffin, something? Nope, nope, mm-hmm. no. Oh, God, I t- <laughs> and that's gotta be such a pain because it's like, I, I like being gluten-free, I, I'm constantly on the go and doing things. So I have to eat on the go a lot. And they so you have don't to bring it with you. Either I have to make something at home, which is not easy to do. You know, I can't just you know eat in the car with a bowl of cereal milk. Though mm. people do do it, but <laughs> I'm not one of those people. Um, so I end up having to buy a lot of prepackaged stuff, which is expensive, and that's where you're getting into the high sugars and mm. stuff because they have to put it in They're there. They're trying to, to get it, it taste good. good. Yep. So I try and go with more natural stuff like Kind Bars. Those are more just kind of nuts and, like, chocolate. Yeah, and, and you have to even watch the binders. I mean, are you, like, so sensitive to it that you can't even have a titch? I, can't, I just, like, I'm not full-on celiac where, you know, like, my, my stepdaughter Jen is celiac. She has to worry about cross-contamination. Oh. Like, even when she's cooking, she can't use the same utensils. Wow. You know, if right. she's making macaroni and cheese, she or has to the use the person like, that made the or put the stuff in the box, had bread for breakfast, she's got to Some people steer are that sensitive. Cause... I am fortunately not that That'd sensitive. I just can't consume uh, wheat and gluten products. So, like, I mean, I, there's been times where I, I go to, like, Domino's. They have a really good gluten-free pizza, but they do note on there that we are not a gluten-free uh, friendly facility, which means that they have flour and they don't have a separate... So there might oh, be yeah, a dusting no of flour could... someplace. Yeah. yeah, and now 
technically I there's times where I'm fine I don't have any issues and there might be a little extra flour on there that I consume that could mess with me it just kind of depends yeah I was I was watching this there's a docu-series I think it's on Netflix about f- the food industry mm-hmm. and they were talking about this um there was this restaurant in London so this guy goes in says I cannot have um I don't even remember what it was. I, maybe it was gluten. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, it was peanuts. It was peanuts. So he goes in, and they write on the ticket, no peanuts. Mm-hmm. He gets his food. It says on the box, no peanuts. He brings it home. He mm-hmm. takes two bites. His friends find him dead in the morning. Oh, no. They Jeez. take it in. Peanuts galore in the dish. Oh, Apparently, it was uh, an Asian restaurant, and... He was substituting peanuts for almonds because peanuts were getting too expensive or something. No, it was all supposed to be almonds, and he was substituting for peanuts because peanuts are cheap. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm like, you can taste peanuts from almonds. Yeah, you yeah. yeah. Right? But anyway, and apparently he had done this several times. So he yeah. had to do a little jail stint. Jeez. And, and two, especially... Have especially, you ever heard of anything like that happening in Minneapolis? No, not to that level of somebody. I'm sure there have been people that have died because of food issues in Minnesota, but I've not that I've... But it was on the recently. receipt and on the box. So it's oh, like yeah, they couldn't like, get... They couldn't... And there how are, are times, we going to get out of that one? Yeah, and there are times here that, like even at any restaurant that I've worked at, where you put you can put on the ticket, no peanuts, for example, and then you'll, the cooks just see, they don't read, download the ticket far enough, oh. or they just don't, if there's oh. language barriers, then you, so a lot of restaurants, you have to have an expo on the other side of the line that's double-checking everything, because otherwise, yeah, you'll get stuff that just slips through the cracks, and especially when, if it's a Saturday night, and they've got a million tickets, and they're just making food and throwing stuff up in the window, and things That's not the time the to box. go out to eat when you have a gluten or well, I mean, something No matter allergy. when you go out, you should be able to go out and ha- get the correct dish, but you have to make sure it's a whole team effort. The server has to double check and make sure everything's commuted correctly. Well, that's what they were interviewing a, a Manhattan restaurant that a lot of people go to because they're so cautious about people's food mm-hmm. allergies. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, once you are, if you're really good at this, you have somebody that's gluten-free or whatever, and they, they will come back to your restaurant all right. the time with their yep. friends because mm-hmm. this is the one friendly place that they can go to. Yes. But it is a pain because they said you have to sometimes make the dish all fresh. Yeah, and it's, and it's not like in most places it's very easy to do. It's just any time people, because when you work in the service engine, you get a little cynical and you're like, you can't just eat the normal dish the way you want to prepare mm-hmm. it. Like, this is extra work for us. I don't want to get you hot tea because that's <laughs> a lot harder than just pressing the soda button and oh, bringing you soda type of stuff. Yeah, I would love true. to eat the regular food, trust me. <laughs> right. I wish there was a, 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 a gluten free, friendly restaurant that served an assortment of different foods from hamburgers and hamburger buns mm. to pasta to Chinese food. Because, I mean, and that's a thing that I've struggled with is the language barrier. Uh, some of the, you know, like, especially with Chinese restaurants. Yes. They don't understand what gluten-free really is. They're yeah. like, well, we don't put wheat in it. Yeah, this, this isn't bread. But soy sauce has wheat yep. in it. Yeah. And they don't realize that that has. So they'll so you have tell, to bring your own liquid aminos with you. Yeah, so, like, I, I, they tell me it's gluten-free and I've eaten it and then I got sick. Mm. And then yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, what, you know, and then they're like, well, it's the soy sauce, it's some of the sauces. Now I can go to, like, Lian Chin's, and they have specific 
entrees that are gluten-free, like their beef and broccoli, they don't use gluten products. No, there you go. So, I mean, that helps, but it's, you know, I would kill for some fried rice right now. <laughs> well, and then on the other side of it, it's like, you know, like I said, with the bell peppers, you can, so yeah, usually on a lot of menus, most of the ingredients are listed. What's in it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you get it, it's like, it's loaded with bell peppers. It's like, it doesn't say that on your menu. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we were out of celery, so we substituted <laughs> a billion... And I'm like, I can't eat this. And that's a huge You have to tell me. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a very drastic, yeah. From yeah. celery that has no flavor <laughs> you know, to bell peppers. Because, yeah, even like, because a lot of restaurants will garnish whatever, if it's like onions on top of something, like right. green onions for the look. Scallions and it's like, yeah, it's yeah. like, well, yeah, it's not on the menu, and now I'm allergic to onions, or I don't like onions, and I have well, to send this back. that you usually can just pick off the top. I mean, it yeah. doesn't usually flavor the whole dish all the way no. down when it's just sprinkled but then, on then top. But if you've got a serious allergy, it yeah, is then a that's when thing. you have to say like, "Oh, well, is this an allergy? Can we just pick these off, or is, are you going to die if I?" <laughs> are you going to die? <laughs> that's what I really. Would, I don't want you to die here in this seat. So can you just let me know how serious this is? Well, we've got to take another break. We'll be back with Kostaki yeah, and right. quick snaps right after these messages. Tom here for Saber Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Saber and Bryant are teaming up to offer zero percent financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that for a very limited time, the ultimate weight loss program powered by Nutmos is having an early holiday sale. Well, you'll receive 20 to 30% off the cost of the program. Shed those unwanted pounds and look great before the holidays get here. Lose 20 pounds or more. Consumer guarantee. See website for details, ultimatewl.com. Ultimate's plan is unlike any other weight loss program out there. With over 1 million pounds lost to date, and clients like me will tell you, that this is a weight loss program that works. This plan is customized for each individual person, and the Ultimate Weight Loss staff will be there for you every step of the way. They help me change my life, and they can help you too. Start to live your healthiest life and schedule an immediate consultation in their new Edina location or Plymouth with expanded hours. And look great for the holidays. Sale ends Saturday, November 9th. Call now and save. 763-333-7337. As Tom Bernard would say, it's a cold November day, and oh my God, is it ever. What is it, 20 degrees out there? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think the high tomorrow is supposed to be really, I mean, it's supposed to be down like six degrees tonight. I know. It, it's, uh, let's just not. I don't know why I live here. Start getting mad. <laughs> I know, we see Kostaki's it every probably gloating because he's in sunny Southern California. Right, Kostaki? It's beautiful here. Is it? Mm. <laughs> Rub it in. Where's Tom? Did he get drunk after the big win last That's night? That's right. He's still on a bender from the Gophers winning. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big weekend. I That's wish right. I wish I would have turned my cell phone on when we were at. We, so we went to St. Paul and we were at the St. Paul Grill, and it was right after the Gophers won. So they're nine and zero for the first time since 1904. Kostaki. Mm. Yeah. 1904. 
Okay. I love it. They beat a good team, too. And yeah. they beat Penn State, so it was a big, hairy deal. The people that came in there were so hammered <laughs> and so happy. <laughs> this one woman, she was, I don't know, maybe 30-something. She was so hammered. She just kept on leaning sort of on Tom and looking like she was going to fall asleep. And then she'd come over and sort of lean on me. I love you guys <laughs> so much. <laughs> I'm like, what's your name, honey? <laughs> uh... That's hilarious. They were, That's yeah. the beauty of football. Yeah, I the, love it. The city was pretty happy. And then with That's the Vikings, great. too. And hey, you, you get to gloat for a switch. Right. Right. Even the Falcons are good. Even frankly. the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the Falcons upset someone other than me. That was nice. <laughs> Beat the Saints. Saints haven't been this surprised since Judas. It's been a while. Yeah. It's a big win. I, I saw the headline today, Falcons stun the Saints. I was like, the Saints? No one's more stunned than us Falcons fans. That was really crazy. How did we win? Uh, I know, right? And I, I was on the plane, so I actually didn't see the game, but I was following the stat line on the phone, and I was like, wow, still winning? Still Like, they were winning the whole game. That was crazy. That's amazing. I got some messages. Your stupid Falcons knocked me out of the survivor pool. Like, I got several of those messages. <laughs> if you need the Falcons to do something predictable to survive, uh, get your affairs in order. <laughs> it's not going to work out. <laughs> That's usually how the Vikings are. I don't know what's going on this year. Yeah, I love it. They beat the Cowboys, right? Yes. Hey, I'm a new Vikings fan, so to see my team beat the Cowboys, boy, that was great. I loved it. it was, I saw a bunch of that game. That Absolutely. was a fun one to watch. Uh, so midweek, I heard a radio guy say, the Cincinnati Bengals are 0-8. Where do they go from here? And I thought, well, that one's easy. 0-9. Oh, and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they did. <laughs> this week, the Falcons won. The Dolphins won. The Browns won. The Jets won. It was like loser day in the NFL. It was like the Sadie Hawkins of the NFL. It was fun. <laughs> they were all due. Yeah, right? Everyone but the Bengals somehow <laughs> put it together. <laughs> uh, um, uh, there's a rumor that Chargers are considering moving to England. Oh, also, yeah. that Bengals fans are considering moving to England. <laughs> uh, if you're going to watch a team barely score, may as well be soccer, right? Do you think that's true, uh, though? Uh, I don't think that's true in the short run. Uh, but I think someday there'll be a real discussion about it. We, for years, we had this about Vegas, right? You mm-hmm. can't move to Vegas. It's there'll be a at least a perception of impropriety. Blah 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 blah. You know, now we got a team moving to Vegas. So, um, I when they when they put NFL games up for sale in London, they sell out like that day, and it's like seven months out. So well, but there's definitely how, how many games are they playing in London a year? One? Uh, no, it's like two. It's, is it two? It's okay. been three or four in the last few years. They've sort of gone back really? and forth. I think oh. this year it's four. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know. I know. Dave went to. Oh, God, was it Jacksonville and and the yeah, Ravens? The Jaguars are always over there. Oh. Oh, when he was in England a couple of years ago, he's like, I'm going to go to an NFL game in London, England. <laughs> this is weird, but yeah, he went to it when because it was. It was like early September or mid-September, so yeah. It was, he said it, they love football over there, American football. Huh? I they think it's great. It. Yeah. yeah. Did think... he report that it was a it was a cool scene? Yeah, he said London that they game? were so into it. They were just. But was it a groovy scene? 
<laughs> I'm sure but Austin, are they... a few that were Austin Powers looking <laughs> over there. <laughs> are they guys like him who, who are Americans floating around and working in England, or are they limeys who are yeah. loving football right the, now? He said that they were the English people. They just yeah. love American football. They love the camaraderie of the game. They love, you know, I mean. They Never were... would have thought. And it's got to be no. cricket for viewership. I would hope so. I think the biggest issue for putting a team over there would just be the logistics of getting their game, like road teams going over there and having long flights and then getting players and free agents that want to go and live in in (laughs) England in London. um, I don't think that would be a hard sell for some people. I don't know. They They should just create their own team. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just If you want a team, just create a team. You guys have the the stadiums. You can put them up, yeah. you know, and fly them around, I guess. I don't know. But, but maybe because it would be an established franchise, it would be easier yeah. to just have it all organized. Rather, yeah, rather than bringing rather an expansion team. Rather than start team, all yeah. over and yeah, yeah, I don't figure know. out who's going to coach it and all that stuff. I don't know. Well, they don't – I don't think do – the English really have much of a contact sport other than rugby. Soccer. I don't think soccer is accidentally, <laughs> accidentally kick on. each other, trip each other, accidentally <laughs> elbow each other, accidentally. get a bloody nose here and there. Yeah, it's not. But no, yeah, I don't think either. they have really anything. I'm surprised that hockey's not big over there. You would, think. yeah, with all those Scandinavian countries right up the road. Yeah, <laughs> I think they'd right. be playing Ho- hockey. Hockey's not huge in England, but yeah, they they love their American football and they embrace it. And they'll sit there and wave the flags and the pennants in the stands, and they just have oh, a, yeah. a jolly definitely. good time. Yeah, well, I, I, I think it's great. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think I, I wish there was a Canadian team, and I wish there was a Mexican team, and I, I think expansion is good for the league. I mean, there's there's no reason they shouldn't have at least exhibition games in Asia and, and you know, wherever. Why not? Sure. Why mm-hmm. not? Yeah, you're right. Why not? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I think it's <clears throat> globalization is clearly another path to revenue. So there's definitely going to be, you know, there's going to be a quiet push for it from somewhere, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I'm I'm shocked that it hasn't creeped over into Asia because they, they kind of embrace a lot of American culture, too. I mean, oh, yeah, they, they love, love the NBA. NBA yeah, right? until, until the Rockets general manager tweets for uh, support stuff. for the protesters yeah. and yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm sure that's coming next. So, and the Asians could not probably put together a team against America. I don't think that would work out too well. Yeah, there's not a high Asian population in the uh, in the NFL. I want to see a Hawaiian team. That's what I want to see. The Just, Samoans ooh, yeah. suit up in yeah. some pads. <laughs> that would be. Fun. Some of those Samoans are big boys. Big, sure. yes. <laughs> Your wide receiver looks like a lineman. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> you can call them, like, you know, Spam can sponsor them or something. Yeah. <laughs> big in Hawaii, that's for sure. It is. It's it is. weird, but it is. Comes from Austin, Minnesota. Spam. That's right. It love does. It. Yes. Yeah. Spam and pineapple. They have a spam huh. museum it's in Austin, thing. Minnesota. You can Ugh. get spam yeah. T-shirts. <laughs> I've had 
I've seen flyers for the Spam Museum. I haven't made it there yet, but someday. Yes. <laughs> Next time you come to town, I'll take you to the Spam Museum. <laughs> we can dream. How far is it from? How far is it from you guys? Uh, it's Not about, far enough. It's Where's about Austin? two. But I would say no more than a two-hour drive. It's like right on the border of Iowa and Minnesota, Austin. Oh, is. So, yeah, so, maybe too. I got to drive four hours round trip to see a spam museum? <laughs> yeah, you do. And don't you know anybody know. who can chopper you in? You're right. <laughs> well, you're a big deal. <laughs> There's a Mankato Regional Airport you can fly into. Now, you guys used to have my favorite museum in the world, the uh, Museum of Questionable Medical Devices. Yes. Is, is that no longer oh, around? That's part of the, so I think, the Science Museum or something, isn't it? I, yeah, I think it yeah. was one of those temporary exhibits that they had here. Because they'll, they'll bring in those exhibits and keep them here for, what, like a year? Yeah. Roughly. I think it was run by, like, just an eccentric dude who put, put the whole thing together. Well, I you, know. I remember seeing it, and I remember Andy was a teenager, and I remember most of it was about sticking some rod up your penis. <laughs> What? Or up what? your ass. You want me to Seriously, it was like electronic. It was like electric probes going oh. everywhere. I'm like, what the heck is oh. all this stuff? It will cure <laughs> the common cold. Oh, it will cure God. insomnia. I don't think so. The, <laughs> I don't think that's right going to help me at all. The, the signature bit was like a. They had a phrenology thing. They had a, a thing that would measure the shape of your head. And then it would spit out a reading about your personality oh, and your strengths yeah, yeah, and weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> and, the, and the old guy who ran it was just like, he was so into all the details, and he was just like this friendly, affable dude. I, I, just, it was, I went there years ago. when I, I was probably a middle act at Acme. It's been that long ago. Um, but I love that place. It's very you unique. Guys, uh, it's you very guys Minnesotan. have some quirky stuff. Yeah, we, we, we like a quirky politician yeah. and a quirky museum. <laughs> <laughs> Take quirky. that big ball of twine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. World's largest corn maze. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Saquon Barkley, the consensus number one pick in fantasy drafts this year, had 13 carries and one yard. <laughs> uh, Wow. Yeah, I carried myself back and forth to the fridge about 13 <laughs> times. I crewed more than one yard. You had some so stats the, there. One of the commentators said it was a career low. No, really? Right. One think, yard. <laughs> See if we can shoot for zero. very the entire time. Oh. Very tough career stat line if that was not your worst day at the office. Yeah. His uh, his father stone. is a lifelong Jets fan. He uh, plays for the Giants. The Giants and Jets played each other. And his dad wore a Joe Namath jersey to the game. <laughs> oh, but, slap. <laughs> no, I, don't blame, I don't blame the father. I would have done the yeah. same thing. Oh. If, my kid was in, if my kid was in the NFL and like, played for the Packers, I'm wearing a Vikings jersey. I would not You would that. not. I, like, one of my teammates from NDSU played for the Packers, and one now does as well, but I, I'm not, I don't oh, cheer for but them. They, the, no, I hope they do well wow. personally, but I hope your team loses. The salt in the wound would get your last name is the same as your son put on the Vikings jersey. Ooh, that right. would be the salt in the Come wound. Come on. Yeah. You guys but are cruel. Your, na- your name belongs on yeah. a Vikings jersey, I'm not, not yeah, a Packers. I'm not, I'm not cheering for, especially if it's like your rival. No. Sorry, son. Your own son. You're, you're on your own. <laughs> I would do the same thing. <laughs> I would, too. Wow. I'm daydreaming Economopolis on a Vikings <laughs> That would be awesome. 
a big rainbow. We got to arc it. So yeah, I was saying <laughs> make the font a little bit smaller. Yeah, right. the front and the back. <laughs> <laughs> or it'd be like just like the first five letters and then dot 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 dot. Mm. That, that would work. Econo. You get the gist. <laughs> I actually have a shirt from NFL Shop, and it says Economopolo. Oh. No S, because they have a 12-letter maximum. <laughs> Just get a Sharpie. Yeah. Stick that. Stick, stick that S in there. That's funny. They forgot to ask because there's a 12-letter Mac. Trying to keep a Greek man down with their 12-letter Mac. True and sad story. Lamar Jackson got a perfect passer rating this weekend. Uh, I would like to complain about the passer rating. Do you guys know about this crazy system? It's impossible to follow how it works. Mm -mm. First of all, he was 15 of 17. So it's not perfect. It doesn't even make sense. Right. Uh, the pass, the perfect passer rating is 158.3. Like, who made this scale? Fahrenheit? It doesn't make any sense. Why can't 100 be perfect? Where's Celsius when we're building passer ratings? Whoever made this scale gets a 38.2 scale maker rating. You're next, Richter. I don't understand how the Richter scale works either. No, I don't either. That, the Richter scale has some crazy exponential aspect to it, right? Like a, yeah. a four point something is ten times more than a three point. I don't know. <laughs> and every time there's an earthquake, it's like it's an eight point. It's like, is that bad? Right. Is that a bad one? Yeah. Should I be running and hiding? Do I yeah. go under my table now? Was that a bad one? No, just do one to, one to ten. <laughs> then everyone gets it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had the first earthquake that I've ever like been gigantically Ooh. aware of a couple of months ago. Really? And we literally, like, grabbed the kid and went outside. <laughs> and then good? later, we're doing some research, <laughs> and they say going outside is not the right answer. No. Oh, yeah, because stuff can fall You stand under a doorway. You. Yeah, you're supposed to go in a doorway. Or under well, a, right? the doorway is a little controversial, too. They suggest <laughs> the corner of a thing away from windows. Well, yeah, oh, windows so are bad. So kind of like a tornado. Kind of like a tornado, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the windows are dangerous, apparently. So yes. where are you supposed to go? Bathtub? Uh, in the, into the corner of a thing or a, or a hallway without windows, something that has a lot of structure around it. And you or guys under a thing. Or under like you, a thing. Like you said, under a table, under a desk. Hmm. Kind of thing. I would have yeah. a... Yeah. See, the few times that I've had to like go down to the basement because there's been a serious tornado bearing down on the area, mm-hmm. I've always thought, but what happens if I'm trapped underneath all this stuff that's right. falling on... That makes me freaked out more. Oh, I know. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm gonna have all the roof collapse down. Right, and I I'm dig st- my way out of right. this. Yeah. yeah, is anyone ever gonna find me? Yeah. Well, uh, you uh, would think for an earthquake, an open field would be the safest. Yeah, place. why would I don't know why I'm going outside into like a field or? Oh, because they've got gonna... the, because they've got cracks in the earth out there. Oh, I'd be yeah, sound of music. Haven't you washed any? What? I'd be sound of musicing out there with like Julie Andrews. I'd be like, yeah, you got nothing to lose. Right, that's my my image too. I totally agree with you. So, Uh, according to the stuff that we read after the fact, the the going outside can be dangerous because if the structure is things are falling off the roof or trees are falling, structural issue, you're trying to get outside can be a bad move at the time. Uh, That's what they say. I don't know. Well, you better work on that hurricane. I mean, earthquake. Earthquake prepared. I got to know what to do. Yeah, you do. Well, I've only experienced it really twice in my life. 
Did anything? It was, it was both times it was L.A. One, one time I was at a poker table, and all the guys just got up from the table, and the, the, the light sort of swayed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then everyone stopped and looked around for a minute, and everyone sat back down. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're okay. Mm. <laughs> it's very, very poker player of them. Yes. That's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, I did, um, did anything break? Did anything fall down? Or was it just one of those no, little, you just uh, felt it? And, and, the, and the recent one was a couple months ago, all the, the, those, uh, those earthquakes that made big national news. We actually felt those a lot. Like, that, like there were tremors, and you could stand there and feel it and kind of take it in what was happening, and uh, it continued to go. Like, it was the first time I've ever felt like a rolling, like, uh, oh, wow, the world underneath me is not stable. It's really unnerving. I can imagine. That's why Tom never went. He he had an offer, a good offer to be in LA. He's like, can't do earthquakes. Nope, not going to do it. <laughs> so we didn't go. It's almost never. I lived here for almost 10 years prior, and the only time I ever felt it was like that one second at a poker table. Hmm. Uh, so this is our first year back in a while, and, and we had a big one that, you know, I mean, nobody was hurt, but... You definitely noticed it. It was a thing, for sure. All right, you got a closer for us? Because we're running out of time. A closer. Let's do a closer. Let's see. Uh, Cam Newton has a Liz Frank injury. I read all about this injury, in fact. I read the whole Liz Frank diary. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to be very quiet. (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) That'll be hard for Cam. (laughs) Yes, it will be. All right, Kostaki, a He'll pleasure trip as always. He'll fall over some hats or something. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. All right. uh, say hi to Tom. I'll talk to you in a week. I All will. Right, Thanks. Bye. See ya. That'll do it for us. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye.